Welcome to Blooming Out on Community Radio, WFHB. Blooming Out is a forum by and for the LGBTQ plus community. Each week we explore the issues, events pertaining to the LGBT community in Indiana, the U.S., and internationally. We speak with guests about human rights, coming out, the legality of being gay, and much more. Blooming Out is a multiple award-winning program here on Community Radio, WFHB. Thanks for listening to Blooming Out. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Blooming Out. I'm Frankie Preslav. I'm Kevin Mosenzade. I'm Melanie Davis. And I'm Justin Robertson. And I'm Alex Ashkin. So, um, Alex, you haven't been with us for a while. Yeah. How have you been these days? We've got Alex here. Oh, it's Hi, been, Alex. I've been great. Hi, Justin. <laughs> um, you know what? It's been pretty fantastic. Uh, over the past week, I celebrated my 28th birthday. And, wow. Uh, I actually hear that... Uh, few more people uh, on our team also had birthdays this past week. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, Frankie, Frankie, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I chose to ignore it. Did you notice? That's true. <laughs> Justin's a true Justin friend. Never <laughs> Justin's like, it just reminds him how old he is. <laughs> That's oh. true. Well, we, we were in school together when we were 13. 13 for a so. long time. I kept repeating those years. I've been around for many of Frankie's birthdays. <laughs> many, many, many. And, and maybe Too this many. Is the last one. <laughs> God forbid, Frankie. <laughs> and Kevin, how are you? I'm doing great. So you're going to teach us some stuff today. Yes, technology. Technology. Oh, so when yes. we get around to it, uh, that's going to be a. Uh, his little episode. He's gonna, you know, talk about Facebook and should you, be interesting. It should be really interesting. So teach, <laughs> teach them. And Melanie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I just wanted to say a shout out to Spencer Pride oh, yeah. because I went to their. Uh, oh, that's right. I went to the the Intersex 101 uh-huh. that they had, right. which was really, really, really fun, and uh, they put on a great inform informational. Who was uh, the speaker thing. again? I, okay. Oh. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's fine. But just give Put us kind of. She was uh, or. Uh, she was intersex. However, she wasn't able to show up. So. Oh. Uh, yeah, they had someone there uh, speak and uh, use uh, her presentation, okay. electronic presentation, okay. to kind of go to through. To go it. through. That's and, interesting. Um, okay. And I. But it still worked out well. It worked out well, and and I filled in some gaps uh, as you know needed. So. Uh, it was great. Oh, so you got to talk too? I well, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was wow. like, you know, the right. the the intersex person in the room. So okay. Uh, um, I just you know fleshed out what they had already. Okay. Well, so good. Well, um, but it was paid? fun, and everybody was really Did they like. Pay you? Were you paid? Do you pay me? Yeah, I pay you. What? We get a. I'll be right here. Only in baked goods. Only She's throwing the shade back at me. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. It was great. They did pay in food. Okay. I mean, they had well, a nice spread that's there. That's the most important. But anytime they have an educational thing, please go. It's yeah, really definitely. Yeah, they're, well, they're amazing fun. in mm. what they're doing in Spencer and yeah. what Pride over there is doing. So I'm glad you got to go and represent Blooming Out. And yeah. you, Justin, you kill any animals lately? 
What? Oh. No. You, Justin, come I on. I love animals. Yeah, what do you feed them? Onions. No. No, well, Frankie's never going to let me live down the no. fact that my dog ate onion powder. On the food. That was pretty but he's, he's fine now. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the love of my life. So yeah, I know I am. Um, so I my so I had my <laughs> happy birthday. So I had my birthday. So thank you for, for that. And but my son who plays hockey ended up smashing and breaking his mm. collarbone. Mm. So for the I haven't slept since. It seems like you Sunday. always have a kid in the hospital. Well, when you have eight kids, <laughs> you're going to have somebody so doing something. Right. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Riley so. Price Press Laugh. Yeah, Riley yeah. Price Press <laughs> We have plenty of wings open up, but yeah. And this one was wow. So that poor guy's home and under a lot of medication. and yeah. But he's all. doing well. Um, according to him, no, he's not. Okay. <laughs> according to him, he's not doing well at all. But um, yeah. I mean, he's he's heal, healing. I mean, surgery, surgery. So yeah. that's never fun. So that was uh, what I've been up to. But we have a um, some wonderful folks in the studio today. I'd like to welcome Jennifer Bass and Stephanie Sanders, who are in our studio to talk about a monthly segment called Marriage Equality, a Stories from the Heartland, um, the rapid change in legal rights of the same-sex couples to marry from state laws to the Supreme Court decisions in 2015 sparked an increase in legal commitments among gays and lesbian couples. Jennifer and Stephanie will be featuring individual stories told by gay couples who live in the heartland. But first, we're going to throw this back at Melanie, and she's going to talk about this week's news in LGBTQ. Photographers refused to serve anti-gay baker for moral reasons. A photography agency refused to hand over photos they took of a Christian organization's legal victory since that victory was a court ruling in favor of a business's right to refuse to bake uh, a gay cake. Um, the Christian Institute used the website uh, Perfocal to book a photographer for a business event without saying that the business event in question was the ruling in Lee versus Asher's baking company. In 2014, Gareth Lee ordered a cake that said, Support Gay Marriage, from Asher's in Northern Ireland. They accepted payment, but two days later called to tell them that they wouldn't make the cake and refused his money. The bakery said that they would not write a message they disagree with. Lee sued the, and he initially won his discrimination claim, but the bakers, with help from conservative organizations like the Christian Institute, took their case to the Supreme Court and won. So when Perfocal found out what the business event was, the photos were withheld and the Christian Institute was given a refund. He said the photographer was paid for their work. This isn't just about standing up against discrimination. I hope our stance serves as an example of exactly where this kind of judgment could lead us. Where does it end, said Tony Zhu, founder of Perfocal. Of course, the Christian Institute said they support for Perfocal's decision to re refuse to serve them. Well, turn around here. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do we think? <sighs> <laughs> no, no comments. I well, I have plenty of comments. I think they're all on the door, though. So. <laughs> I I mean, to be completely honest here, I think it's all sort of fair. I, I know this sort of comes off as strange, but I've been really sort of on the fence about some of these right to refuse service things uh, after a few discussions I had a, a, over a month ago and 
they just sort of really put me in um I don't know. It, it's interesting. It's either you either all yes or all no, and it's sort of um, it, it, it's complicated. I don't think that there's necessarily one clear answer. Um, it, I think, in a in a broad sense, if regardless which side wins, there's going to be a lot of people who are upset with that judgment, um, and I don't think that there's necessarily a um, clear case as to why one side or the other should ideally uh, sort of win out. I personally, or uh, go ahead, Melanie, because oh, okay, I, right? I, I can see you're like. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, legally, right? Mm-hmm. If you obtain a business license and you run a business in the state, you have to follow the state laws, right? Mm-hmm. And by discriminating against people you are not following state law therefore you are violating the terms of the license the business license that you have and so you know in a you know i should be able to refuse service to whoever i want kind of thing and that that you know is posted on doorways and in, in menus and whatever um but legally uh it it doesn't really stand up so yeah and i i totally get that and um Some of the ones that I think are sort of important are, like, if we're looking at something like Masterpiece Cake Shop, um, which shockingly was in the news again, like, a few months ago, Mm -hmm. um, even after their Supreme Court win, there was some interesting pieces to some of that, or the court decision, um, particularly with regards to when the events take place relative to the anti-discrimination statutes that are on the books. And mm-hmm. I totally agree where, you know, in instances where discrimination is taking place and there's already anti-discrimination lawsuits, particularly uh, in these instances, defending the rights of LGBTQ, uh, gender identity, sexual orientation, all that sort of stuff, I'm 100% with you. The issue is, is when it's not on the books. Mm-hmm. That is, I think, the sort of, eh, okay, how do we sort of process through this sort of question? Um, like in Indiana, we're sort of almost the most extreme where it's not only is there no anti-LGBTQ discrimination laws on the books, but when we had RIFRA way back in the day, and and it's current form however it is these days uh it basically kind of exempted people from a future law Mm -hmm. right and so that's where i think it's sort of odd is it's really a patchwork right now and so there isn't necessarily a good answer until it's sort of i have a good answer be (laughs) nice and share and open your doors to everybody it's not that difficult and i think that's where we kind of you know laws aside it's you know i think just the morality of being human that we don't discriminate against one another that's what i was raised as a child thinking what america was about or should be about not people taking their hate and ignorance out on other people and shutting their doors and business to them because in the past you know it you know that was something that we frowned upon we got to that point finally (laughs) and now we're taking this giant step back 
and yeah, you have your rights, uh, you know, but I think it's just, it comes down to, you know, what is the kind of the moral principle of it. So I hear everything you're saying and you're, you know, you always bring a, a good, uh, perspective and you know the books <laughs> I, I'm the heart you're the head um, and I think it's just you know it's just really frustrating sitting there and and, and watching this occur and you know we're having this discussion yeah. that we would think that would be over so we'll kind of end it there and Justin what's going on with Karen Pence <laughs> well Karen Pence <laughs> the wife of our favorite daddy Mike Pence <laughs> Mother. <laughs> is campaigning on behalf of one of the most anti-LGBTQ Republicans in the country. Mark Harris, he's a pastor who found himself in the big leagues earlier this year when he won the Republican primary for North Carolina's 9th Congressional District in an upset. Harris has a long history of anti-LGBTQ, anti-women, and anti-Muslim statements, and he's associated with the Southern Poverty Law Center's designated hate group, Family Research Council. His colorful past has created scandal after scandal. Most recently, Democrats have been hammering about saying on multiple occasions that women should fully submit to their husbands. Mm. He is quoted as saying that a wife submitting to her husband does not mean that they are not equal. He, however, did not explain how two people can be equal if one is submitting to the other. <laughs> uh, Karen Pence was brought to North Carolina as In a guest. Chains. Right, exactly. <laughs> so Karen was brought to North Carolina as a guest of the Women for Mark Harris bus tour. I can't imagine who would be on that tour. <laughs> All right. Um, she's been quoted as saying, uh, with your continued commitment, we'll finish what we started. We'll make America great again. Uh, earlier this year, a video of Harris longing for the days when homosexuality was criminalized was uncovered. Shocking. Yeah. So um, I just need to find my vomit bucket. <laughs> right. It's just disgusting what's Sorry going for the, on. The growl that I did earlier. That <laughs> was just like, <laughs> none of us could voluntary. <laughs> could be quiet during that one. It's just wow. I mean, wow, and then wow again. How right. do you add to that? And how do you have a discussion over something that's just so backwards? Right. So yes, Karen, Karen Pence's. Uh, Moved, the Pences moved into a house in D.C. before they moved into the vice president's quarters, and the entire block put pride flags. Uh, oh, in front great! Of the I remember that. Nice, yeah. And you know, actually went to the house and delivered a statement saying, you know, everyone is welcome in our neighborhood, right. and we hope that you feel this way too. Aww. That was really an amazing event. I know someone who lives on that street, and they helped to do it. So that is wonderful. Aww. I did yeah. not hear that before, but stories so like that do work. You can see heart. it really got through to her, right? Right. right. <laughs> well, <laughs> how did the property values fare? Did they? <laughs> so what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a music break, and then we'll be back with Kevin and his Facebook I guess I don't know what we'll call it. But when he comes back, we'll, we'll figure His out what face. to call it. <laughs> His face. His face. His face. 
Welcome back to Blooming Out. You've been listening to Get Alone With You by Carly Johnson. So we're going to do our Facebook thing now that we don't know how to, <laughs> how, what to call it. Um, so Facebook added a new feature um, in honor of National Coming Out Day. 
So users uh, will now be able to add uh, came out to their timeline as a life event. This feature will help users share their stories. Facebook's vice president said, for the LGBTQ community, Facebook is a, is a way for you to come out, celebrate your pride, and find support. So to add the came out event, you need to go to life event, then pick family and relationships, and then you can select came out. Okay, so so he's gonna so wait, where we go now for us old folks? Okay, so you go to life event. Okay, and where would that be? Somewhere under your information. <laughs> it's hopeless, Kevin. It's hopeless. It is hopeless. Because we, we, okay. we all want to come So dog, if you go, tricks. yep. So we, if you go to your and look at your page, right? Look at this, so right? Open up your Facebook. Okay. Look at your page. And then life event should be listed. Oh. Near for... photo check in and life event, like where it says what's on your mind. So you click that. Oops. Okay. And then, Are you fo- Justin's not doing it. Justin I, isn't doing I, it. Well, you can't don't have the app on my. You phone. don't have Facebook on your phone. No. Really? <laughs> but you like? Yeah, I don't either. I deleted it a long time ago. So I'm doing really? this online right now. Oh, yeah. you are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just using my data for you guys. Oh, You're I welcome. guess I could go online. Photos, Maybe. friends. Did you know life events? But it doesn't give me an option to you go add. to. Okay, so you go to uh, relationships. Okay. None. <laughs> and then at the bottom, right under end relationship. Why do they have an end relationship? That's the real question. That's some shady stuff right there. Um, then you select came out. Oh. And boom. And then we are. Had it. And now we're gay. And yeah, Yay. now we're gay. Now we're, That's all it is. You know, we're now part of the You don't club. get to pick the year or anything? Yeah. Um, no. You do, I think, maybe. I don't know. Mine is buffering right now. Okay. So for all of those out there, (laughs) I wanted to do this on coming out day, but we didn't get it. So I thought Kevin, being our youngin, would go ahead and do it. But then I find out he's not even on Facebook. I am on Facebook. So which one do I need? They told me I was out. Facebook is for old people. But they told me I was out of pictures on my like storage on my phone. So you know, it was like pictures or Facebook. So which one are you gonna take? Get rid of Facebook, but not Instagram. No, of course you know you can like actually take. And hook up your phone to a computer. I don't know. Do you if think you... I got time for that? I don't want to take. And that's a download lot of, that's a lot of photos off of your phone. I had to work with my daughter on that. So <laughs> I'm scared to look at my old photos. But I'll do a tutorial yeah. for you. Well, that, those are fun to have. They're out in the cloud and Thank everything you. else. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing that. Yeah, that was because I would have never figured Hopefully it out. Hopefully, Facebook wasn't listening. Well, Facebook. I, I had something there. going on with my phone with the screen and mm. it just was like taking over my oh, yeah. phone and just right. opening all That's kinds of stuff. Exactly. So it w- opened up it Facebook is. and it started clicking onto all kinds of stuff and it showed my son <laughs> and me at a belt shop in India. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I got all these messages from, did you see that? Oh, I, I was tagged in it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you tagged it. <laughs> it was tagging everybody. But you were tagging it too? Yeah, I was disappointed I couldn't find any belts. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I went crazy. And all my friends and whatever I tagged that I was in India. <laughs> and, and my phone, I had I ran into the shop down the road and they helped me out. And I'm a little hurt I wasn't tagged. 
I, I wanted to stop because I didn't know where we were going. <laughs> I, I don't know if getting, you know. Going to India. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Butt but, tagged by Frankie's phone. <laughs> <laughs> but it wouldn't stop. It just like took over and it was a belt See, shop in some little town. I can't, I'm so sick of technology deciding things for you. I'm like, I'm an adult. I can decide when I'm going to watch a television show. It doesn't need to just start. You know what I mean? And yeah. We, yeah. What yeah. kind of technology crazy. do you have that just starts a tell? What do you mean? Well, you know, when you watch a Netflix, TV, doesn't it? Well, you turn on the like show in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> but I, that doesn't mean I want to watch it again. Then just or stop watch it. another one. It's or... convenient for us that binge watch. <laughs> Can't you just press play? Oh, live a little. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get away from the television and away from the phone and live. Oh, oh gosh. Well, there, here we are. We fell deep, deep into the hole of Justin, we have uh, our lovely guest here today. So, mm. why don't you tell us a little bit about them? Well, we have Jennifer Bass. Uh, she is project director of Marriage Equality Stories from the Heartland with the Department of Gender Studies at IU. She joined the Kinsey Institute in 1995 as a research associate. She founded the public sexual health website, Kinsey Confidential, and landed as communications director, a, po a position she held for 18 years. As an LGBTQ ally, she has first become interested in marriage equality through her childhood friend, Evan Wolfson, who is widely recognized as the founder of Freedom to Marry. She's been married to her husband for 36 years and has come to appreciate the hurdles and struggles that same-sex couples have had to endure and how it adds meaning to their legal marriages. A faculty member at IU Bloomington for over 30 years, we also have Stephanie Sanders, who is a provost professor and Peg Zeglin Brand Chair of Gender Studies, a senior scientist at the Kinsey Institute, a senior research fellow for the Rural Center for AIDS STD Prevention, and a core faculty partner for the Center for Sexual Health Promotion. The inspiration for the Marriage Equality Project came from recognizing the deep personal impact that the changes in laws regarding same-sex marriage had on her own life and that of people she knew in terms of their sense of citizenship and societal acceptance. Having worked at the Kinsey Institute for so many years, she appreciates the importance of documentation and archival records in providing a lens into the history of sexuality. She also appreciates the power of narrative to affect people's knowledge and attitudes to overcome discrimination and stigma. For her, it seemed imperative to capture, disseminate, and preserve the stories of people personally touched by this legal transition of rights of those in same-sex relationships at this unique moment in U.S. history. In 2014, she married her partner of 25 years. Welcome, Jennifer and Stephanie. It's so Thank good to you. have you. And what two amazingly accomplished people. Oh, well, don't get too excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to, can I, I just say one thing about starting at the Kinsey Institute? Yes. My very, very first day, I walked in totally naive, and the woman behind the desk, Kat, looks up and goes, Today is National Coming Out Day, and I'm a lesbian. That was the very first thing I heard when I walked into the office. I said, okay, well, I guess that's the way it rolls here. That's, right. <laughs> How do you top that's that? a great story. <laughs> and well, you were there for 25 years? Uh, 20. 20, yeah. okay. Wow. 20. Right. So yeah. lots of interesting things. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, um, Stephanie? So for me... Uh, so I, oh, 
I started working at the Kinsey Institute in December of 82. Oh. So that is quite a long time ago. She wow. was six. She was in class with Dr. Kin. One of the things that you gain uh, full appreciation for when you work there is how important materials um, particularly from sexual minorities mm -hmm. that have been preserved there and no one nowhere else are for people mm, scholars and others learning about the past and so when um, actually I was on an airplane when my partner sent me a text in June of 2013 that the Supreme Court had made its first decision regarding DOMA um, the Defense of Marriage Act and it was, they were just about to, you know, tell us to put down our phones and everything. And and I and I was waiting for that decision. So of course I'm, I'm looking at my phone and I'm starting to type. Should we think about this? And then I thought, oh no, you can't do that. That's proposal by text. You can't do that. <laughs> but and then you know, as I sat with that information and just kind of, uh, I real I started getting extremely emotional. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And surprised me because frankly I never wanted to get married even when I was a little kid I never wanted to get married maybe I already knew I wasn't gonna I didn't want to be heterosexually married let's put it that way right. but um and I sat there and I and I really was fighting tears and I thought why why is this getting to me in this way and um I, I for the next couple of days I really processed this information and it became clear that intellectually I understood the importance of these marriage rights in terms of citizenship. But I don't think I understood that the, the kind of combination of emotions that were involved when I realized that my federal government was finally recognizing mm -hmm. my rights as a citizen, at least in this area. Right. Still a long way to go, right. but at least in this area. And it really hit home with me that we were at a particular moment in history because um, I fortunately didn't have to worry about being put in jail, but I know people who did. Mm -hmm. um, I was in college when the American Psychiatric Association finally mm -hmm. removed homosexuality mm -hmm. from the, Dia the Diagnostic and Statistics Manual. And here we were now that I could potentially marry a partner of more than 20 years. And um, it was really funny. I was trying to process this information. My friend Bill Yarber was with me at this business thing we were at. And I, and I was trying to express this issue, and we started sorting out some of the things. And it turned out one of the things I was also worried about was, what if I were to bring up marriage to this partner of so many years and we wouldn't get married? How would I feel about that? And I, I just didn't, I didn't know. And if, and Bill said, that's not likely to happen, but if you've made it all these years facing the things you've had to face, even that you could work through. And he was probably right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, my partner was somebody who worked in a field that she was worried she might lose her job or it would jeopardize her uh, relationships with her coworkers if it were to be known that we, if she was in this relationship. Um, so we kind of kicked around the idea, actually a lot of home football games, we would say, should we be thinking about this? And we'd almost always decide, let's wait until you're retired. Mm. And that stayed with us till November when I went to a professional meeting, the Society for the Scientific Study of Sexuality. So it's a meeting of a lot of people who are like-minded. 
And um, one of my colleagues who had been married in New York said, what will you do if something happens and you haven't gotten married after all these years? And I think part of the decision was also, I'm very aware, related to my age, you know, starting to think about retirement, Social Security, being able to take care of each other. And so we decided, yeah, you're right, we shouldn't wait. What, what would that be like? So then New Jersey, I'm from New Jersey, had just had made it legal to get married there. I still couldn't get married in Indiana. So we decided to go back to New Jersey and get married. Then it was like, well, I've never thought about getting married. There are no scripts for same-sex couples in terms of getting married. Now, what are we supposed to do? Do I, you know, get an engagement ring for her and her for me? What do we do? So that's another, as a gender studies professor, something I'm, I'm interested in. And then um, we thought, there are so many different stories. Let's try to capture this moment of people who have lived through this dramatic change in their lifetimes and work with them now, reach out to the public, use narratives to help people understand, but also to preserve them because 30 years from now, the historians that are young today and they're gonna be, they're gonna say, what was this all about? Yeah. Well, awesome. So what we're going to do is take a uh, community update break and a short music break. And Lucas is going to take us then into the, the stories. Um, and then we'll come back with uh, more discussion. No, Taking a look now over at the community calendar. Um, we're currently listening to. Oh, never mind. I have no idea. Um, it's good though. Taking a look at the community calendar, we have coming up October nineteenth at ten a.m. the LGBT Aging and Caring Network Breakfast at Cloverleaf Family Restaurant. That's at. 4023 West 3rd Street in Bloomington. 
Um, they hold two breakfasts each month, and all are welcome. They provide support, plan social activities, and create educational opportunities for the aging LGBTQ population in Monroe County and surrounding communities within the Bloomington Pride organization. We also have coming up on Saturday, Bloomington Zine Fest at the IFL Gallery. That is Saturday at 12 until 6 p.m. This is the second annual Bloomington Zine Fest, um, an event celebrating self-publishing culture in Indiana and beyond by providing space for writers, artist radicals, and other exhibitors to sell and trade their zines. We're going to head back to blooming out here in a minute. The rapid change in legal rights of same-sex couples to marry from state laws to the Supreme Court decision in 2015 sparked an increase in legal commitments among gay and lesbian couples. This first decade since the monumental, monumental change in marriage equality is a critical time to capture the stories and experiences of same-sex couples about the personal impact and meaning of this change in civil rights. The Department of Gender Studies at Indiana University and the Kinsey Institute Library are creating a collection based on video and audio interviews for future scholars, historians, LGBTQ advocates, and the general public. Within this archive lies personal and poignant stories that we'd like to share today with a broad public. Collaborating with community radio station WFHB in Bloomington, we are creating a podcast series, Just Married, based on these interviews. These 10-minute podcasts are stories told by couples about their own journeys and relationships. They are emotional, insightful, and delightful, and they bring unique perspectives to the impact of marriage equality on couples from the heartland of America. If not now, tell me when, if not now. Welcome to Just Married, stories about love and citizenship in the decade of marriage equality. I'm Jennifer Bass. And I'm Jonah Chester. This show tells the stories of same-sex couples in the heartland and their journeys into marriage. Our first episode recalls two days in 2014 when same-sex couples could marry in Indiana. Here's the story. Marriage equality arrived in Indiana on a summer day in 2014. A federal judge ruled on June 25th that the state ban on gay marriage was unconstitutional. Couples who had been denied the right to marry for their whole lives rushed to county courthouses to make it legal. Two days later, to no one's surprise, Governor Mike Pence appealed the decision, sending it back to the courts and halting new marriages. This is the story of those two days in Indiana when gay and lesbian couples could marry for the first time. Nancy Kalina and Kim Davis were among the many same-sex couples waiting to see what the courts would do. I think we told people that we were waiting to do it in Indiana and people laughed at us. They were like, oh yeah, right. Like that's not like that's going to happen. 
We're like, it will. <laughs> Kim was leaving her class at the Y when she heard that the ban had been lifted. So I came home and she said, what do you know? And I said, do no, you, you said. I said, do you want to get married? And she said, what do you know? I said, we can do it. We can get married today if we want to. We can get married in Indiana. And then I'd love to. But I said, but you have a this lunch? Was, this was noon. I had a lunch and she had a meeting. <laughs> I had a so, meeting? For so we said, okay, so let's meet back here at 3. And, and she was late. And I was a little late. I mean, seriously. Kim and Nancy weren't really sure how to get married, but they took off for the courthouse. As they rounded the corner of the county building, they saw their minister out on the steps. I am Marianne Macklin, and I'm the senior minister here at the Unitarian Universalist Church. Uh, the couple came around the corner in the car and were hanging out the window, you know, yelling at me, We're coming! This was not a typical day at the Justice Building. The guard at the metal detector warmly welcomed the couples. Judges were coming out of their chambers, offering to officiate. It was getting pretty close to closing time. The steps were filled with people who were getting married, serving as witnesses, playing music, giving out flowers. Kim and Nancy thought they'd just get a license and maybe do the marriage later. So we're like running to get in there. And they and said, then we were telling Marianne, we're just getting the license. And she, and said, she no, said, no, 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 no. Just do it. She says, just do she it. She says, you don't know how long this is going to last. And so we filled out the forms we here. We had to decide who was going to be Mr. and who was going to yeah, be Yeah, because the forms didn't didn't say, they said bride and groom. They didn't right. say person and what, person or whatever. Yeah, what do so, you want to be? Yeah, <laughs> you were the groom, I guess. Jean Kapler was deeply involved with marriage equality fight in Indiana. She and her partner, Jenny Austin, got together about 20 years ago. They were actually in the process of planning a wedding in Illinois when the news hit that couples could marry in Indiana. I had just finished up with clients that day. I was at Blooming Foods, and Kathleen's husband, John, texted me about the decision. So I'm standing in the middle of Blooming Foods crying, texting Jenny, saying we can get married. Like Kim and Nancy, they also had a busy day and decided to wait till the next morning. Jenny tells the story. So we got up early because we wanted to be sure that we got there as soon as they opened. Um, because I get kind of anxious in crowds. It was kind of like, boy, there's a lot of people here. There's a lot of people here. Boy, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> Let's get it done. Just yeah. walking through the courthouse door had an effect on Jean. I remember walking through that door and what it felt like because, you know, we, we could have walked through it before, but we couldn't have done this. Under all the excitement was the possibility that the court would issue a stay and halt the marriages until the case could be decided at the next level, in this case, the Supreme Court. Clerk Nicole Brown at the Monroe County Clerk's Office knew this was likely. We did not leave that day until any couple who was standing in line was married because, again, we knew there was a stay coming. We didn't know how long that would last. Uh, we had ministers who came out and stood on the front steps of the Justice Building and married people. As for that minister, Reverend Mary Ann Macklin, her day also started out like any other. Then her phone lit up with texts that the ban had been lifted. She grabbed her stole and rushed off to the courthouse. I walked in. I, I went back to where everybody was waiting at the clerk's office, and I walked in and I said, hey, anybody need a minister? And everybody started laughing, and then they all went, yes. It was such a joyful day, just incredible. Reverend Macklin herself was not able to marry in her home state. She and her partner held a commitment ceremony in 1992. 
They married in Vermont in 2010 when it became one of the first states to legalize gay marriage. I've done over 500 weddings. And I've been also been doing commitment ceremonies for people who cannot uh, legally marry. And at that point, I was saying, and by the power vested in me, according the to the laws of the state of Indiana. And every time I said that, it just, it was just like, We never thought we would hear this, be this, experience this in our lifetime. Then indeed, the court ordered the stay and the door slammed shut. So are like, we or what, are we? Are we or aren't we? I mean, like, that was the, I mean, because no one was could answer that. In October, the court lifted the stay, and gay marriage effectively became just marriage in Indiana. I felt like I could exhale. Those years of wanting to be married but not being able to was kind of like holding my breath. And to just, ha, huh, I'm married to the woman that I love, that I want to be married to. In Bloomington, Indiana, over 70 same-sex couples share the same wedding anniversary. A story just moments ago, the Supreme Court and this landmark... The next summer, the Supreme Court decided that marriage was a right for all Americans. Case closed across the country. Let the wedding bells ring. This week's episode was produced by Jennifer Bass with recording help from Allison Quance's Radio Innovations class. Thanks to Gray Larson and Malcolm Dalglish for sharing musical clips. Just Married theme music is generously provided by Bloomington's own Carrie Newcomer. Support for Just Married comes from the Indiana University's Department of Gender Studies, the Office for Vice President for Research New Frontiers Program, and the IU Bloomington Arts and Humanities Council. WFHB's Blooming Out is our podcast host. To hear longer versions of these interviews, visit the Kinsey Institute's Marriage Equality Collection or find us on Facebook at Marriage Equality Harvard. Welcome, and thank you, Jennifer and Stephanie, for sharing that with us. And let me say, personally, I consider it an honor to be a part of this project. (laughs) We love having you you on it. (laughs) It's great. So, Stephanie, you were quite emotional in still. Oh, yeah. What what about this? I mean, you talked about a little bit about it um, before the um, before we went to break. Yeah. Actually, it relates back to something you talked about a little earlier about being an American. And and my sense of what that means is, um, at least I like to believe in an America that's inclusive. Mm-hmm. And um, you hear about these stories. And, and just, and, you know, you think, and I think back to is, how, how will life be different for these younger people? Because they will get into relationships and fall in love and have that option. It won't be something else. And maybe when I was younger, I wouldn't have thought of doing it. But, after, you know, when you live with someone, by the time we got married, we were together 25 years. We thought it might last. So, you know, it was a pretty safe bet at that time. <laughs> exactly. No, it's a, the beautiful stories. And, you know, I really appreciate uh you were able to put these together, and you know, I, I know most of the people that were interviewed. Yeah. So, to <laughs> love that, them all. Yeah. yeah. 
that was so beautifully produced too. It was like, I was I was crying over here too. I mean, yeah. Well, the the you know from here on it will from here on it will likely be individual stories and mm -hmm. not so much you know a story about an event. Mm -hmm. But um, you know that's what's been so much fun for me about doing these interviews with people is no story is the same and yet everybody is coming from a similar place of you know this is a new right mm -hmm. and it's pretty it's pretty amazing to hear why people decided to do this to begin with so yeah right. love it yeah it's wonderful thank you well I, I i feel so, oh, sorry i feel very lucky that jennifer is the right person to do this you know she's great with people she mm -hmm. reaches out and she wouldn't sit there crying while she's interviewing. <laughs> and, <I'm right. laughs> and you would, and I would. No, so yeah, thank you, Jennifer. Well, sometimes, sometimes I know. know. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm just sort of curious because I, I haven't even had a chance to necessarily listen to the entire audio archive, but mm. is there like certain themes or like um, certain sentiments that you think, you know, sort of were a little bit more like universal or something that sort of drove people a little bit more than um, just sort of the opportunistic idea of, well, we might not have a chance at this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like there, there's got to be a lot of different motivations for these different people. Well, I think a lot of it is that we now have the chance. Mm -hmm. It's not so much a fear of not having the chance. It's like, wow, this was not a possibility before, and now it is. And like I said, everyone has a different reason for deciding to jump into marriage after long-term relationships. And those are the ones that really get to me or the people who have been together for a long time and never imagined that this would be a possibility and never really thought that was something important, maybe. But, um, you know, everybody takes different meaning from it. And it's fun to hear. Maybe I'll throw this back to uh, our host here and ask him, what you know why you decided to get married or why i decided to get married. it was um you know our story was and i've told it a couple of times on this, the 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 air um, and we will have <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> as a podcast believe me yeah they they brought us in so um we were um actually it was years ago when we first met we, this november will be 25 years Aww. and um we he, Kelly and I, each other's first, as far as, you know, love interest. <laughs> and um, we were in our relationship about six months, and we went to New York, and um, we were I, to meet my family, and we went to the Twin Towers. You know, I'd show them around New York City and meet my family, and, you know, everybody wants to go on the Twin Towers. So we went up in the Twin Towers, and you could walk outside, the observation deck. And we were looking over at Brooklyn, where that's where our heart is, is, is Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Bridge. And we pointed it, and I actually have a photo of <laughs> where, where Kelly is pointing at the bridge, and I'm in back, obviously, taking the picture. And I, I post that occasionally on Facebook. And um, I said, if we ever can get married, let's get married on the Brooklyn Bridge. And um, we never thought it was going to be possible. It was just kind of like, ha-ha, whatever. Um, and then as things were kind of progressing along, um, you know, in different states were making it legal. We thought Indiana would never do it. But we said whoever does it first between New York and Indiana, that's where we'll get married at. And so we waited along and did our thing and, you know, raised eight kids. 
and um, we were at our lake home, and it went on the news that uh, New York just made it legal. And I walked downstairs to where Kelly was in the kitchen, and I said, um, guess what we're doing? And he looked at me, and he's like, uh, I don't know, taking a boat out. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, we're uh, getting married. So that was a proposal. I said, oh, New York so just, romantic. yeah, it's so romantic. <laughs> <laughs> that's us. And that's where we um, we did it. At, you know, we just said, and then we were going to, um, th- when we had it planned, um, Hurricane Sandy, we were driving out mm-hmm. there, came blowing in, you know, and my aunt who um, officiate, was going to officiate it um, was, you know, she was like, I got it all checked out. You know, the Jewish lady, she's on the bridge. I'm talking, I talked to the policeman. He said, the storm will just come in and it'll just be a beautiful day after the storm's gone. So just come, come. So we, you know, we were driving and then obviously New York got hit really hard. So we had to cancel it for a year. And then we came back and uh, the bridge was being repaired. And, um, and so we decided there's a, a park called Dumbo Park between Brooklyn Bridge and the Manhattan Bridge. And um, it was just a beautiful setting where we just opened it up, invited our friends, we did a morning wedding, and it was. And you talk about how it feels. When you don't have the right to do something, you kind of emotionally detach from that. Mm -hmm. So you don't ever, you just don't know what that is. And, And me and Kelly were like you, where we didn't really care if we got married or not. It was important to our family, and we, it was important to our kids in the sense that they would, if anything should happen, there's just a lot of legal, you know, we did it for that because of the legal issues on that side. So when we were, you know, as my aunt was officiating our wedding in a nun's uniform because uh, she wanted to look important, <laughs> we walk up there. I didn't know she was going to do this, but she's like, I wanted to look important. I thought, so there she was standing in, you know, it was a beautiful, beautiful October day. And um, she, uh, um, you know, it was just like when, when we said it, it was like, you know, I couldn't, it was just an emotion that we felt different. Mm-hmm. It was the weirdest thing. I, I couldn't even explain yeah. it, you know, and I did. I felt, you know, a million years I would, because I'm just not that guy, but it was, I felt different yeah. that I was, you know, when we were married, mazel tov and the broken glass and everything in between. <laughs> um, it was it was amazing. And, you know, and just, I guess, to be denied that and, yeah. you know, to have... Um, the opportunity for our, you know, two sons mm-hmm. that happen to be gay as well, that they have that choice to decide on what, you know, they would like to do or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It's, you know, th- it's a, a story that hopefully will continue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a lot of reason why we've got to continue to fight as this administration is coming in and so many ugly things are happening that we can't take this for granted. We fought right. so right. hard mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. this to sit back and, and yeah. allow this, you know, to kind of disappear. So I, w- I just want the listeners to know that if you have a story that you want to share with us about mm-hmm. your own wedding, marriage, uh, you can get in touch with, with us through samesexm at indiana.edu. And if we have time, we will... <laughs> we'll uh, we'll get to you too, because yeah. this is all about our state and, and Indiana and the heartland, stories that haven't always been told, and uh, we want to have it for 
for perpetuity. Right, and there's so yeah. many stories out there. We're yes. one of so many. Yeah. I'm so thrilled that you're doing this. It's just really exciting, and I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Well, thanks for being our thank partner. You. Yes, yes. <laughs> this is great. This, no. this partnership is fabulous. Yeah, and when it can't, you know, we were kind of emailing each other back and forth, and, uh, you know, this is something I didn't know how we would put it together or what it would be. It was kind of a, a, a dream I had, mm-hmm. and then, you know, we got Jennifer's you know, email saying, hey, I have all this already. <laughs> um, and, and I it participated. Exists. I participated yeah. in mm-hmm. the interviews, yeah. but I never really kind of thought big picture mm-hmm. on what this could be on the radio side yeah. of yeah. it. Because, uh, you know, there's just, like I said, there's so many beautiful stories out there. And I think the more that we can tell these stories and the more that other people can relate, that right. it isn't so weird. You know, yeah. it, it's not that difficult to get your head wrapped around if you just have an opportunity to hear it and the humanity side yeah. of exactly. it. And that's what ha- uh-huh. it's lost yeah. is that the humanity is, is just pushed out and it becomes just this ugly entity that the other side has built. Mm-hmm. And this is busting this up mm-hmm. as far as that goes. Um, Alex? Uh, I, I just want to say that's, a hundred percent why I'm so so enthused to see the success of Just Married and uh, I really hope that we can kind of continue this partnership between WFHB and the Kenzie School is you know there's just so much here that really helps break down a lot of barriers yeah it is beautiful. and we will we'll be back the goal. every month um, with new stories and new topics um, yeah. well not Necessarily mm-hmm. topics, different mm-hmm. topics. So it'll all be on marriage. New voices, um, <laughs> new people. New voices, new people. And what we hope to do is also be able to bring other couples in. Yes. And, you know, let them tell their stories and then have the opportunity to interview them now and, mm-hmm. you know, what they're feeling, you know, during this, you know, particular emotion, you know, and, and, and again in our political world, um, which is important to kind of keep it right on the front burner. And that's, you know, ha- having a program like ours gives voice. To, to something so important for you on that. Well, we're running out of time. So, um, again, thank you, thank you to both of you for yes, thank you. being guests uh, with us, and we look forward to a very long relationship yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on this. An additional thank you to all of our listeners and volunteers who make this possible. I'm Alex Ashkin. I'm Kevin Mosenzade. I'm Melanie Davis. Blooming Out is produced by Frankie Presloff. Our executive producer is WFHB News Director Wes Martin. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. Blooming Out's community liaison is Alex Ashkin. Our trusted intern is Jasper Tony. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Justin Robertson. And I'm Frankie Presloff. And remember, if everything was straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. <laughs> Good night from your Blooming Out family. <laughs> 